0: It is your ever faithful captain, David Jones, just sitting here doing another one of these things by myself. Shame I don't have someone else to like hop on here every now and again. But
1: hey, ah Clay, Clay hey. Howard, ladies and gentlemen, what's up?
0: Not much. Just casting a little, little bit of log, you know. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah,
1: boy, I get you.
0: <laughs> How does it feel to be uh, on a new logcast episode after like three and a half years?
1: It's a mixture of weird and awesome. I can't really <laughs> tell you which which is stronger, but it, it's, it feels good.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does. It's been interesting, even me just doing these archival ones by myself. It's been weird just saying those words again <laughs> after like so long. So it's been an interesting experience. And we have way better mics now, so we're just going to yeah. sound way better.
1: Absolutely. and I feel like we've
0: all dropped at least like $500 worth of audio gear each since we stopped doing this.
1: Seriously. Yeah.
0: Makes sense that we wait till after we stop doing a weekly podcast to spend all the money,
1: you know. Oh, totally. Yes. <laughs> Why not?
0: All right. So um, the reason that you are here today is the thing that we are releasing is kind of very much uh, your creation and child so to speak um we basically did a little test read through of what this is uh back in september um september 2017 uh we were going to do a full production but this is all we did before it called it we called it quits So do you want to kind of uh, tell our listeners exactly what it is that I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, so now that you mention it, starting in September, I didn't really leave myself a whole lot of time on this project. Uh, This was something that I was going to try to release in October. Probably towards the end of the month, or maybe I was going to do like one episode a month or a week mm-hmm. for the month of October. I think was what I was going to do. And so, yeah, I had been playing Grab by the Ghoulies on Rare Replay, and uh, I'm a big fan of spooky, scary uh, Halloween stuff. And so I was like, this would be a really good opportunity to do something with Grab by the Ghoulies for Halloween. And so I, I don't know where I came up with this idea exactly, but I was like, let's do an audio drama, I guess you could call it, of Grab by the Ghoulies. Uh, there's not a lot of stuff like that out there There's not a huge you know following of that game And so I thought that would be a good one To act out a- Add a little more drama And voice acting and story to And so uh, yeah I just immediately Jumped in and started uh, working on it I kind of pitched it to you the guys um, At Rare and Friends And everyone was kind of like yeah whatever I, I could do it And just like wasn't really <laughs> excited And so I was like alright I'm going to have to do all the work on this And that right. was fine because I was excited about it. So I literally sat down on my Xbox with my laptop and I played through the game and as dialogue would read through on the screen, I would type it out. Um, I think at some points too, I'd like pulled up like a, a playthrough of it so I could fast forward and, and rewind to things. But, um, so I tried to pull as much of the original, uh, you know, sc- you know, uh, what is the thing like the dialogue the original dialogue from the game as much as I could and then anything that you just visually see or do uh I wrote for a narrator so uh I I, so I tried to keep it as much like the original as possible so if they said some weird line lingo from British slang uh, I left it in and so I tried to keep it as much as I could now um I will say a disclaimer with this. Uh, as David mentioned earlier, this was an early read through. In fact, I think for Jeff and maybe you guys as well, this was like a site read. Uh, I had sent it to you guys and I think, uh, not to put any, throw anyone under the bus, but I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong. I know Jeff for for a fact, like never looked at it. And then I was like, well, let's do a let's do like a scheduled like let's schedule a time and we'll read through it together. Mm-hmm. And so this recording is Jeff reading my lines, my terrible writing for like the first <laughs> time. And so you can hear he's like ch- just trying to figure out what I'm saying sometimes, right. and, and especially with the narrator, none of it. It's just like pure me and so I'm not the best writer Uh, if we had continued this project and taken it further there would have been a lot of rewriting I would have had Jeff go through his whole narration Mm -hmm. and make changes to make it feel more natural for him and so none of that's in this it's all just him reading what I wrote and him trying to like figure out sometimes where I was going with the thing so give Jeff especially uh, a little bit of a break and he was doing the best he could with the writing he had (laughs) but yeah and so this was just us uh, doing it one time Um, now, uh, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here and maybe you want to talk about this, but, uh, I had it, we recorded it and then we never did anything with it. And so, uh, a couple years after we recorded it, I threw some grab by the ghoulies music behind it and sent it to you guys as like a funny, like, Oh, remember this? And then. Uh, between then and now, I lost that file. I still had the three, you, Jeff, and Kev's recording, but my recording and what I had edited like disappeared. I think I wiped my Mac at one point, and I accidentally deleted it. And so all we have left are your guys' three audio and not mine. And so uh, I kind of handed it off to you and said, do what you want with, this, with it. So maybe you could tell the listeners exactly what you did, why we're going to hear what we're hearing, and, and what to expect.
0: Right. So yeah, for this, I guess I'd call it a table read kind of like you said. it was basically like when the actors first get together and read something for the first time together. So um, because of that, I think originally Mandy, uh, Jeff's wife was gonna play Amber um, and that was not in this table read. That's right. So you did yeah you, yeah, you did uh, Amber and uh, the Baron as well as all the various sort of monster sounds and stuff like that so you were kind of like just the everything else that no one else is doing so thankfully you were the easiest to deal with being missing if any one of us had to be missing uh it it was a good thing that it was you (laughs) though it's a shame because you wrote it now you don't get to be in the actual recording um So, essentially, what I did that's to kind okay. of salvage this was uh, I went and uh, I found a, a nice resource that had like every audio effect that's in Grab by the Ghoulies. Um, I pulled out a bunch of clips for that that and covered some of the stuff that was basically just verbalized sound effects. Um, and then I used a text to speech synthesizer to read out the lines that uh, Amber and Baron had and sort of just kind of mixed that with the sound effects. Uh, for the characters in the game and it actually sounds all right i think listening back
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it-, mm-hmm. it turned out surprisingly well i literally just sort of had this idea last night because i was thinking about just um kind of starting to cut it together and leaving like a blank part for like your lines and i was like i could just put something in there as a placeholder and i'm like wait a minute, this actually would probably kind of work. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And that's yeah. kind of how I sort of resurrected this in its, in its current form. Um, one thing I did want to mention that I noticed while going through this, cause I used the script that we had to um, synthesize the lines. I don't know if Jeff improv some, or if there was another revision, but jeff has additional lines and different lines than what's in this script and i don't remember why and he's not here to ask right now uh but i thought that was huh. interesting so i'm i'm kind of wondering if maybe jeff did read it beforehand and changed a few things or if we had an additional script that existed outside of our share that he had offline to go off of but it was something that i noticed while editing and going through the script myself Is like these lines seem to be worded a little bit differently and in some cases there was a couple new lines added or extended so i'm not sure if that's Hmm. something we might have to talk to jeff about at one point like hey did you were you reading for the first time or or what happened so (laughs) i don't know (laughs) oh addition okay one thing i nearly forgot to mention um well, we were covering this reason we were able to find these three audio streams was because they were uploaded to Google Drive. And and that's kind of how Clay was going to edit it all together. So he never uploaded his because he had it on his computer already. And the, the rest of the guys all uploaded theirs. Right. Uh, while I was pulling these folders, I mm-hmm. found a couple uh, clips that we did as auditions. Um, we actually did more of these than survived. I recorded a bunch of these directly into our old group chat and they're long gone i even scrolled all the way back and it wouldn't let me download them anymore um so uh we only have a couple of them survived and i think jeff's is not nearly as amusing it's kind of just him reading the very first part of the script but i thought they were fun so i thought i'd uh just put some music behind them and make a little minute and a half or so clip to play for you guys of a little interesting nugget so anything to add on that? Or should I should I hit play, Clay?
1: Let's hear them. Let's see what they got.
0: All right. This is me hitting the play button.
2: Okay, hi, guys. This is uh, Kev Rose just auditioning for Clay's Grubbed by the Ghoulies audio special. Okay, so, uh, Clay? Yeah, man, you, you play Cooper first, okay? You Play Cooper. Okay, cheers, Clay. Okay, so this is Cooper. Um... I'm pretty sure we're heading in the right direction. If only this map said which way was north. No, trust me, I got this. I'm sure we should have taken a right turn back there, but now we're lost and there's a storm coming. We need to find some shelter and fast. That's pretty good, but. Well, oh, um, okay, thanks, Clay. Uh, anything else? Okay, thank you. I look forward to your response.
3: Greetings, fellow adventurers, and welcome. Gather round as I tell you a very spooky and exciting story. Monsters, zombies, ghouls, and creepy men who live in mansions with small children tied up for some reason. The tale of two children who stumbled upon a mansion that would unfold into the most interesting of ways. That must be reworded. Join us as we witness the unfolding tale. Of. Cool.
0: So, that was fun. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Do, do you have? Uh, those were auditions. Those were those were auditions. I'm sad that mine didn't survive. I remember I had some pretty cool ones, but alas, <laughs> I I am honestly after yeah, all this, I'm just happy. Best. I'm happy we're able to resurrect this at all because there was a brief moment in time where I thought this was just not going to be usable. <laughs> so um, mm. I think this by far is the best thing that we have that's going up on these, I guess, eight season four archival episodes. So I- I'm happy that we could end strong and uh, bring out some kick-ass audio drama or play or sketch or whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: You got anything else before we get to the meat of this thing,
1: Clay? No, I think we've we've explained it pretty well. Uh I think it had a lot of potential. I wish we hadn't really fizzled out as a podcast and a site when we were, were doing this. Uh I think we were all just kind of uh drained and so trying to make this happen. It was just it was too much for one person but we, we still had fun recording it and it's fun to listen back through and so uh, I hope you can enjoy it as well uh, I don't know if this, this game is like the perfect thing for an audio drama but uh, I, I think it fits pretty well and I, I like the edits Dave made uh, just in, in a short amount of time so uh, I, I, I'm excited to listen through it in its entirety I haven't listened to all of it yet um, but obviously I've edited it a couple times so I, I know most of it but yeah enjoy yourselves and, uh, and uh, hopefully you can get something. Out of it. Alright, here we go!
3: Greetings, fellow adventurers, and welcome. Gather round as I tell you a very spooky and exciting story monsters, zombies, ghouls, and creepy men who live in mansions with small children tied up for some reason. The tale is of two children who stumbled upon a mansion, and it would unfold in the most interesting of ways. Join us as we witness the unfolding tale of Grabbed by the Ghoulies. Now, our story begins as two friends are walking down the road late one night, and as the sun begins to set, our weary travelers begin to realize just how lost they might be. I'm
2: pretty sure we're heading in the right direction. If only this map said which way was north.
3: (sighs) (sighs) I think it's time you hand over that map. You clearly have no idea what you are doing. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, trust me. I got this.
3: Just then, rain started pouring down upon poor Amber and Cooper.
2: Ugh, I'm sure we should have taken a right turn back there, but now we're lost and there's a storm coming. We need to find some shelter and fast.
3: As the two quickly hurried along, hoping to get out of the rain, they walked over a hill, and the other side revealed a very terrifying sight. Perched like a watchful vulture atop a cliff. Ghoulhaven Hall, broods over the shadowy landscape that forms its domain, lit by well-timed melodramatic zigzags of lightning, with a large front gate and light coming from inside. Amber grabs her friend to pull him away from the map in which his nose was deeply nestled.
4: Mm.
0: Cooper, look, how about in this old house? Hmm?
3: There was a visible yet ominous green glow coming from inside. Yet little did our two adventurers know that up above in a window was a grown man flying around the room with his arms extended like an aeroplane. (laughs) The man suddenly stopped, noticing the front gate was now ajar. He saw that two children had approached his mansion. He stopped what he was doing and listened in.
2: Look Amber, a road sign. What does it say? Ghoulfill in the gloom. Five miles. Well, there's no way I'm going in that spooky mansion. Let's carry on and try to make it to the next village. Places like this are always full of creeps, or even worse.
3: The man up above was instantly filled with rage.
2: Why <laughs> Me? A creep? Baron Von Ghoul? How
3: dare he? I believe a lesson in manners is required here. Why <laughs> The Baron stood there, pondering in his Banjo-Kazooie pyjamas. With his favorite aviator cap upon his head, he ran his fingers through his large, black mustache. When finally he had an idea. (laughs) As the two below continued arguing and fighting over the map, they failed to realize what was happening behind them. Two gargoyles upon the gate came to life with glowing green eyes. They snuck up behind the two and grabbed Amber, covering her mouth and dragging her toward the mansion. Finally, the oblivious Cooper turned around to see his friend being carried away. He instantly took off after her.
2: Hey, get your hands off her!
3: But as the gargoyles reached the front door with Amber, they turned, waved at Cooper, and slammed the door behind them. Up above, Baron Von Goole watched as Amber was taken away he laughed menacingly. <laughs> Excellent. Two new additions to my collection. I must make arrangements to make sure they're most unwelcome. <laughs> Without hesitation, Cooper took off to the entrance of Ghoulhaven Hall, hoping to find his friend before any harm could come to her. As Cooper approached the front door, his steps became slower. The rain was pouring down upon him as lightning and thunder crashed above, making this even more scary than it already was. He slowly crept up the front stairs, trying his hardest to be brave. Cooper looked up at the front door. The door handles were taller than he was. He reached up to the handle, which stood about two feet Cooper slowly opened the towering doors and carefully inched his face inside, trying his best to. With no one in sight, he entered the creepy mansion. As he quietly snuck down the front hallway, Cooper wondered what he had gotten them into. Suddenly, the front door slammed shut with great force, followed by many thorn vines covering the door which appeared to be Cooper's only exit. As Cooper made his way further down the hallway, he stopped dead in his tracks, for he was completely surrounded in darkness with no light to be found. Before Cooper could even begin searching for some light, he was greeted by many light sources. Tiny red glowing eyes started popping up all around him. Evil, angry looking eyes.
2: Well, I guess this is it.
3: Yet before Cooper could take what he was sure would be his final breath, a door opened just to the left of him. The light that erupted from behind the door was enough to scurry the evil red eyes away. Cooper turned to see what monster was producing such light, only it wasn't a monster at all, but a gentle-looking old man holding a candle nonetheless. He was dressed, very fancy for a man his age, and he looked quite confused as he turned his head left to right, trying his best to see into the darkness.
4: What's all this noise? I'm trying to get some sleep! Who turned the lights out?
3: Crivens turned and flipped the light switch, revealing Cooper. And he was not alone. He was surrounded by a few dozen little imp-looking creatures. They had him surrounded and their sharp teeth made them even more frightful and light than they were in the dark. Oh. The old man was taken aback by the little evil horde and let out a scream.
4: Ah, the, goodies. Leave me alone.
3: the old man quickly retreated back into the door from whence he came, locking it behind him. The small scary creatures began closing in on Cooper, their sharp claws raised. Cooper was stunned, unsure of what to do next. When suddenly, the voice of the old man came from behind the door. "How are you?" "I
4: would give those terrible things a swift kick to the face." "Better act quickly. I think those little critters are starting to look hungry."
3: That was all the encouragement it took to snap Cooper out of it. He very quickly swung into action. Cooper began lobbing punches and kicks toward the small angry imps, sending them flying and tumbling all over the grand hallway. Hey, hey.
2: these little guys aren't so bad. They fly so nicely through the air.
3: Cooper surprisingly had very little issue sending the imps into a retreat.
4: Well done, sir. You certainly seem very capable of battling unarmed. In addition to your fist, feel free to use the furniture and other objects as weapons
3: cooper thought that to be an odd thing to say but quickly brushed it off the old man then proceeded to unlock the door revealing himself once more
4: may i give you cook's special reinforced chair sadly not everything is as well made you might be neat I'm sure their friends will be back soon.
3: Without even waiting for Cooper to respond, the old man used all the strength in his body to chuck the chair into the center of the grand hallway. The chair slid to a halt directly in front of Cooper. He gave the old man a thumbs up and with that, the old man retreated back into his room. Just in time for more imps to arrive. Cooper, having seemingly no other choice, grabbed the old red chair and raised it above his head, ready to make good use of it against the tiny evil imps. He discovered very quickly how easy it was to swing the chair, taking at least three imps out at a time.
2: Hey, this is kind of fun.
3: Cooper disposed of the evil angry imps quite quickly, allowing the old man to finally fully emerge from his hiding space.
4: Splendid, sir! You did it! You may now leave through this door and begin the search for your friend. Crivens is my name, and I'm the lowly butler here at Goolhaven Hall. May I have the pleasure of making sir's acquaintance? (laughs) The name's Cooper. Pleased to meet you, sir. I shall pop up from time to time should you need any help let me remove that chair for you now
3: cooper handed over the chair because despite how much he loved the chair carrying it around was just completely ridiculous but then again so was all of this
4: let me also give you this map it will show sir's whereabouts and at times are points of interest Good luck to you, sir!
3: And with that, Cooper took off through the unlocked door, hoping to quickly find Amber and then get out of this spooky place as soon as possible. The door led into a new series of hallways, with all the walls covered in taxidermied animal heads. Cooper didn't give them much thought, outside of how creepy they felt, which was pretty much the norm in here. As Cooper crept along, thinking about his next move, a stuffed moose had suddenly sprang to life. The moose jump scare nearly gave poor Cooper a heart attack. He had never realized quite how easy it was for him to be spooked so easily. Out of nowhere, Crivens piped in.
4: Good jokes! Sir has suffered a super scary shock and successfully overcome it. I hope it doesn't happen again.
3: As Cooper continued down the hallway, he was attempting to prepare himself just in case another monster tried to get the drop on him. He crept slowly, making sure to keep a close eye on all of the heads on the walls. Monkeys, bears, breagles, oh my! And all kinds of other terrifying beasts hung crowded in the hallway. The hallway zigged and zagged and felt like they would go on forever. <coughs>
2: darn it they keep getting the drop on me i'm not sure i'll ever make it through all of
3: this but just as cooper thought he would never make it through all of this the door at the end of the hallway revealed itself leading into the billiard room once inside cooper noticed two skeletons playing pool by this point it really wasn't all that surprising to cooper but nonetheless he wanted nothing to do with them cooper noticed that the door behind them was ajar So Cooper decided to give them a wide berth and avoid them altogether. As he exited the billiards room, Cooper realized he was now in the gaming room, full of card tables, posters, and some game called jetpack, and a dartboard with a picture of Kriven's face on it. Suddenly, Cooper heard a noise. Cooper looked to the far side of the gaming room, and he could not believe his eyes. It was Amber. She was tied up and sitting in a chair, inside of a very large fireplace.
2: (laughs) Don't worry, I'm here to save the day, aw yeah!
3: As Cooper inched closer to his dear friend, something very unexpected happened. The fireplace began rotating at a very fast and alarming speed, knocking him over. Cooper didn't know what to do. Ah! As the fireplace rotated very quickly, all of a sudden Amber had vanished, and was replaced by another posse of imps. As the fireplace finally stopped spinning, the imps moved towards Cooper.
4: Oh, crepes! I think the cinema is on the other side of that wall. Sir, can reach it by going back through the billiard room, I believe.
3: Cooper knew exactly what to do. He jumped to his feet, grabbed a chair from the card table, and began swinging away. All those years of Little League Baseball were finally paying off. Cooper made quick work of the imps, but not without destroying a number of objects laying around the gaming room. As Cooper re-entered the billiard room, he was now forced to duke it out with the pool shark skellies. Cooper grabbed the first thing he could get his hands on, a pool cue. He began swinging it wildly at the skeletons, smashing them into many little bones, which scattered all over the ground.
2: Wow, these skeletons really aren't that difficult to break into pieces.
3: As Cooper made quick work of the skeletons, he moved along the lower corridors towards the cinema. The hallways were full of the occasional spider, but nothing that Cooper couldn't handle. As he headed. Down the hallways, he could feel a deep bass sound getting louder and louder as he approached. Cooper snuck up on what turned out to be a dance party with a mummy, a zombie, and an imp.
2: This place just keeps getting weirder and weirder.
3: As Cooper snuck away, he finally found the door which led to the cinema. As he walked up a small staircase, he couldn't help but admire all the old film reels sitting in the shelves in the projection room he was now in. Boxes and boxes of reels, as well as a small girl tied up. A small girl tied up with film and a lock? (laughs) Cooper ran over to the girl, quickly realizing that this girl was not Amber.
4: What is she doing here? She's one of the many poor young souls the Baroness kidnapped, and he can visit her! Only he has the key to set them free. Well, I can't just leave her here.
3: But Cooper soon realized that he had no other choice. He currently had no way to unlock or untie the poor girl.
2: I promise, I will be
3: back. Cooper continued to sneak down to the cinema floor where an old black and white movie featuring skeletons was playing. When Cooper turned the corner, to his relief he saw Amber, still tied up, but she had managed to get her mouth gag loose. Amber looked up and her eyes widened as she saw Cooper approach. Cooper froze, afraid to trigger the fireplace once again. <sighs> "Please will you quit goofing around and get me off of this chair?"
2: "Okay, don't panic. Try to hop away from the fireplace."
3: Amber nodded and began slowly inching her chair out from within the giant fireplace. But unfortunately, as soon as she cleared the fireplace, Amber fell through a trapdoor in the floor. <coughs>
4: Oh no! She must have fallen into the archives. There's a set of stairs Sir can use back in the gaming room, which is just on the other side of the suspicious looking fireplace. i went ahead and open the basement door for you."
3: Luckily this time Cooper was able to use the convenience of the swinging fireplace, but not before having to battle a haunted television. After returning to the game room, Cooper quickly moved into the basement after destroying some very nasty haunted chairs. Man, this whole place seemed out to get Cooper. He continued to tread carefully down into the cold and dark basement, on the lookout for any ghoul who may try to get the drop on him. At the very end of the basement, blocking his way from the exit was something Cooper never ever thought he would see in his lifetime. An ancient mummy. He was big and scary, but not too hairy. But that didn't stop Cooper. He would finish him just like the others. But as Cooper and the mummy battled together, Cooper noticed his moves weren't doing anything to the old ghoul.
4: You ducks don't seem to be able to harm it. Take this special candle. A little fire should do the trick. Dispose of this dried up delinquent and I'll leave the candle with you for now. Sir may need it again soon.
3: And with that, Cooper was able to set the mummy ablaze, leaving nothing but ash behind in the dank, dark basement. Cooper then found himself in the relic store, full of mummy tombs, vases, and other old relics. He also found a small boy tied up down there. Cooper wondered to himself how many other poor little children were locked away in the spooky house.
2: I'm gonna save you all. I promise.
3: Cooper was forced to continue on due to the sounds of many more ghouls approaching from the basement. After leaving the relic store, Cooper was greeted by the all-too-familiar face of the wrinkly old man, Crivens.
4: Greetings again, sir. Good to see you have made it safely this far. You seem to have toasted all of the mummies, so you'll no longer be needing the candle.
3: Cooper handed the candle back to the old butler. But
4: I have far better news than that. I have found Miss Amber. If so, forgive me, I have also taken the liberty of freeing her from
3: her bonds. Crivens led Cooper around the corner, and to the surprise of Cooper, the old man was right. There stood Amber, untying the last rope from her wrist. Cooper ran to Amber, grabbing both of her hands and looking her over for any sign of injury.
4: (sighs) At last, no thanks to you. I've been freed by that smelly old butler guy. (sighs) I
3: suppose you'll be wanting a hug now. Cooper and Amber hugged as both were quite relieved to be together once again, even though they each blamed the other for getting themselves into such a mess.
2: Sorry, I kind of got held up on the way, but at least you're okay come on let's go home i think there's a soccer game on tv tonight
4: you're kidding that's it
3: tie me to the chair again as the two stood there hugging amber noticed a looming shadow cast over them she opened her eyes and let out a large gasp for from around the corner came a terrifyingly tall man with 10 foot tall mechanized legs This man was seriously old and had the hair of a mad scientist.
4: Not so fast! You won't have to show yourselves in public when I am finished with you!
3: (laughs) The tall mad scientist ruffled around in his pockets, looking for what he needed, finally withdrawing what looked like some sort of ray gun. He pointed it at Amber, and a green beam came shooting out which hit her directly frozen by the beam, threw her hands to her face, but as she removed her hands, she revealed that the mad scientist had transformed her into a green and ugly looking creature. Her face even scared poor Cooper. Oh dear, oh my,
4: this is just terrible. That was dastardly Dr. Crackpot. He appears to have transformed Miss Amber into a hideous version of her former self. Uh, let me think, uh, Cook may be able to make cure for Miss Amber's. affliction. I'll tell her to expect you. Sir so will find Cook in the kitchen, which is upstairs beyond the cellar. Hurry right now!
3: As Monster Amber tried to kiss Cooper, he quickly headed off through the cellar and beyond, looking to find this kitchen.
0: it that was our masterpiece.
1: what a we, great piece of audio drama <laughs> we did it
0: we did it are we finally <laughs> releasing it like is that three and a half years later when it was supposed to come out i don't even know yeah three, yeah three and a half yeah and a half years yeah so i guess better late than never um i think it's fun it's a shame we kind of didn't do a more professional read-through. As um, if you notice, you probably notice that every now and again, some of Jeff line, Jeff's lines, the rhythm sounds really weird. Um <laughs> there were a couple parts where he literally took two or three takes and he would just repeat the same thing. So I would cut out. So I had to cut out alternate takes. The rhythm of his speech Uh, kind of sounds weird in a few places, but we did the best that we could with the audio. We kind of wanted to just preserve the audio from that, that little table read we did all those years ago. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just the perfect thing to end the season four B sides and rarities extravaganza on and, i hope uh the people that have sort of rediscovered this re-upload of the log cast get a kick out of it
1: i think they will
0: i think so too so is that guess that's it guess the log cast is completely dead forever we'll never do a single thing and i'm just gonna go smash my microphone right now because i'm never gonna use it again
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> no so um if you haven't gathered from, like, um, the relentless activity of my, of the Rare and Friends Twitter that I've kind of revived with the fact that I've been doing these at all, there might be something else new coming up uh-huh. after this. Yeah. So, uh, I guess without further ado, I have a brief announcement and uh, letting everyone know that I've reached out to Jeffron Perez and, of course, you. Um, and we are going to put together a very a brand new um, episode of the LogCast, which will come out at some point.
1: Yay! <laughs> That's exciting. Yes.
0: yes. I, I'm making no timetable promises, but other than um, the people involved have agreed to do it, and it, it is happening. And yeah, yes. a new Logcast.
1: It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Getting the band back together. getting the
1: band back together (laughs) i like it
0: yeah yeah we're gonna share some memories share some good times uh maybe get caught up on the last three and a half years of news you know the years (laughs)
1: there's (laughs) plenty to catch up on (laughs) for sure
0: awesome yeah i'm looking forward to
1: it it'll be good i think jeff's excited too so uh hopefully we can find some time here in the next couple weeks Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple hours to sit down and uh, rehash some stuff. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. All right. I think, I think that's about all we have. Do you have any, any, any closing comments?
1: Nah, thanks for checking it out. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad that it's finally getting out to the people. Thanks for uh, for listening. If you made it this far, that's pretty awesome. And hopefully uh, we'll come up with some more fun stuff to do on the logcast and Rare and Friends here in the future. Um, even though we're, we're older and busier people, our love for Rare has never gone away. And so it's, it's an easy thing to kind of come back and, and throw some of our heart and effort into. So I, I'm looking yeah. forward to it.
0: Absolutely. So, definitely want to keep following the Rare and Friends Twitter, and uh, oh, I should do a social media plug. I haven't done that in ages. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, we're we're in a different place now. You can find us on Anchor FM slash Logcast Nine, um, and that's sort of our landing page for the Logcast. Now, you can find links to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pop Podcasts, a whole bunch of other ones I can't remember right now, and if I at some point i'll have those written down in front of me when i do this part so yeah go there check it out check this out in your favorite favorite podcast and get ready for that reunion episode
1: it's gonna be awesome It's gonna be
0: awesome all right thanks so much clay for hopping on this with me and just talking through uh, your creative process with this little uh, nugget
1: yeah my pleasure thanks for having me on
0: awesome all right you guys have a great rest of your day bye everyone adios